Hey everybody, I am telling you this because this starts on Sunday, so you have to go sign up. Free eight-day holiday challenge. So starting on Sunday, the 19th, you're going to get an email a day. Each email will be a workout, a recipe that's some sort of holiday dish that I'm going to modify and make it healthier, and a giveaway. And I have giveaways from some amazing people. Fat Fudge is going to be a giveaway. Barbella Box, which I'm partnering with and announcing more soon this week on. And so many great companies are all included. Also, for Sigmatic, they're going to do a mushroom giveaway. So be sure you jump in on that. It's free. Just go to emilystrom.com, sign up for my newsletter, or go to the very top bar that says free holiday eight challenge. Click it and you're in. I'm also hosting a free workout this Saturday from 8 to 12, my workout's at 9.45 with Jen from Biggest Loser. And I can't wait because all we're doing is just bringing people together. It's called Strong for a Cause. I'm going to hopefully get some enough impacts for everybody there, some barbells. All levels are welcome and really just getting people to donate food and also sweat out with us. So please join us this Saturday at Project Move. Those are kind of my big events. I have some um, an expo coming up in Columbus, Ohio. If you guys are a part or near Ohio, that's the first weekend in December. I'll get more details out soon. And also if you're in Missouri, I'm going to do a black Friday workout. So keep, keep, um, keep posted. I'll keep you posted on details for that, but save the dates first weekend in October for Ohio and black Friday. Okay. So today's podcast is all hippie. (laughs) There's no meathead at all. So we've just, my next week's podcast is all about genetics. Last week's podcast is all about protein metabolism and gains, gains, gains. So I decided to call my dear friend who lives in Kauai and we've been trying to connect for a long time, but she is just such a good soul and really kind of tapping into this intuition that she has. Jill Pollard is going to talk all about listening to the the signs, your gut, you know, really being open to receiving and not being afraid of feeling that, oh my God, I have no idea what I'm doing with my life feeling that we all have had. And then she even pulls some tarot cards for me and does a little bit of a psychic reading, which I don't even, we added a little bit of it, but for the most part, we edited that out, but super cool. I can't wait for you guys to listen in. She's just such a gem and you're going to walk away loving yourself even more than you do right now. So enjoy and I'll see you guys next week. (laughs) I'm Emily Schramm, the ultimate meathead hippie. Welcome to the show. Jill, when did we meet? We met like um, our, my first trip to Kauai. Was that my? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Was that three years ago already? Two, four, four. Wow. <laughs> I remember you came in and first like taught this women's class, like specifically for women. Yeah. You remember? I do. And you were, <laughs> I remember your questions were amazing and you were so into it and I just, we connected right away. And then I think I made you have kava. (laughs) And then your mouth went numb. Like, I don't think I would try it. (laughs) And you were like, I'm going to do it. And I'm like, okay, good luck. That was like my first experience with kava. And I was like, you were the first person. I was like, I want, I love herbs. I'm going to go to school for herbs. I'm going to be an herbalist. And I just, you, you so held me accountable to that of like, at least pursuing it more. Yeah even though being an herbalist is so far away from what I am able to do right now because of the amount of school, I'm just so, I'm all in it. So. Yeah, but not really. I mean, I think a lot of what you incorporate still picks the path of like, you know, the herbalism or at least like natural remedies or ways of looking at the body. I think herbalism probably incorporates so many more facets than just the actual technical parts. And which you know you were tapping into and (laughs) I think I knew that you were into uh 
the not metaphysical realm, but like really the spiritual connection that we all need to embrace. I think I've all, I, I think that's why we connected so quickly is because I knew you had that, but what was this journey of, okay, you were, you were kind of doing odds and ends jobs in Kauai. You right. Three beautiful kids. You're building a house. Um, when did you decide that? I mean, what was your first step to the, what you're doing now, which we'll talk about what you're doing now. Ooh, I think the first part of, of the journey of getting to this point was the fact that I, for a long time was depressed and I had, you know, really bad depression and anxiety before I had kids since I was like 15 years old, always was on and off medications. And there was this fight in me to find another way. Like I was determined that I didn't have to deal with my depression in a conventional way. And it was like every time you went on a different medication, it would wear off eventually. And then it was like switching to something else. And slowly but surely, as I was introduced to like even just natural modalities like EEG therapy, which is like where you wear these like brainwave things and you watch your brainwaves um, and you like, you correct them. I started with like that and um, muscle testing for certain supplements and slowly but surely was introduced to like the fact that my body was going through stuff. Like it wasn't just my brain. It wasn't just my um, diagnosis and this thing. There was like this other part of, of why everything was the way it was. And so fast forward, like it became something that I became like obsessed with, which was like healing my depression without traditional modalities. And I was raised in a really strict religion that kind of kept me really close minded about how spirituality and metaphysical things work. So it was scary for a long time. Um, and one of my first introductions to what I used to call it, like my woo-woo work, was a birth book that was just talking very simply about how you can, can connect to a baby and like their spirit is present and all these things. And I remember reading it and being like, yes, oh my gosh, this is so, I believe in this stuff. And then I would go back to my religion and be like, but I don't know if I'm supposed to, like, I've never heard this before. Like it's wrong. And I would just play this game back and forth between being like so drawn into the mesophysical and then so like, oh, but it's naughty. I can't like, don't do it. Yeah. And and then with time, the more I, you know, like, it's like, it's like a soul thing. Like your soul is just drawn and drawn and drawn to more things. And so I just kept being drawn to different books, uh, energy healing. And, and all along the way, I started to put together pieces about like who I was and why I was depressed. And I realized being an empath and also like an intuitive healer. Like I was taking on so much information that no one taught me how to deal with. Like it was just like, I was downloading everybody around me stuff and I would just feel so technically I believe now that that would like keep my vibration low. Like, cause I couldn't differentiate what was mine and what was theirs and everybody in this world stressed out with their own things. And, and I started to figure out that, there was a difference between what was going on inside of me and what I was feeling around me. And I started to notice that there was like this voice in my head that was so crazy and so negative, um, which was my voice of depression. And then again, just like discovered all of these tools that changed the course of my life and brought me out of that, that hole. Oh, there's so um, Dead that I just want to dive into. Um, okay, first thing, I am writing notes because I'm like, I'm going to forget because I just love this so much already. I want to talk about, and this, there was a post you made. I, I am so with you on being an empath. And I, my mom is like, I named you so well. I'm like, huh? <laughs> like, I <laughs> like, I get it. Like, I really am such an empath where I feel like you can see somebody walk into a room and you know what they're feeling, you know what they're going mm -hmm. through. And for me, even when I was a young kid, I was like, I know they're sad and it's my duty to make them happy. And mm -hmm. so, so let's speak to that piece where, you know, I know a lot of it has to do with boundaries, but for you being an empath, how do you um, handle 
the, the work that I feel like we are supposed to do, where we are supposed to be here, we are, we are supposed to be that intuitive person that helps people, but mm-hmm. without it affecting our own self. So I think for me, the, the biggest thing that I've learned through studying this spiritual work probably comes from some of that Eastern medicine influence. And as I started to understand like the chakras and the aura, I started to understand how you energetically can make boundaries. So I think verbal boundaries are super important and they create um, another way of executing a difference between you and someone else. But the spiritual boundary, the energetic boundary is absolutely crucial for being an empath in the world. And so what I had to do is I had to first get to know my own aura, my own chakras. And that took for me like imagining a bubble around me. So I had read, I had heard that your aura is this bubble. It goes three feet out from you. And I didn't know what that looked like. I'm like, well, I can't see auras or see color. How am I supposed to know what this is? And I just started practicing. I just started choosing to know that I had one. And what I realized working with other healers and things is that my aura was so open and so expansive that I didn't know where my energy started or ended. And so I had to learn how to create the bubble around me. Like I had to learn how to be in my own energy field, which was uncomfortable at first because I was so freaking used to taking on everyone else's energy. And as I started to create this bubble, I started to realize, okay, so like for example, for the longest time, I could not even see the back of my aura. The back of my energy field was so clogged with other people's energy and particularly like family members. Um, I think we get really attached to certain certain people in our lives and they attach to us. And anyways, like I just always thought like, oh, it's just a weird fluke when you're trying to do this meditation and you know, you'll figure it out. But eventually I started to realize that like my energy field was so full of other people's energy from being that empath that it was almost like glue stuck in there. And, and with energy work, what, um, what I always like to point out, actually my husband mentioned this once a long time ago is that no matter who you're working with, who's seeing energy, whether you're looking at your own or if you're gifted in that field, it is one interpretation. There is, you and I could be looking at the same object and describe it differently. So you and I could be looking at energy and describe it differently. So when you're tuning into your own aura, let your imagination like take off, like let yourself see and create in that energy plane. Um, And so with that, I started to separate my energy from everyone else's and tune into that space before bedtime usually to see where I was at. And there were days where I was so lost. The aura was like totally spread out. I was not centered around myself. I was not in alignment with just my own soul and body. And then with that, I started to focus on other people's energy bubble. Like once I started to figure out my own, I started to realize I could see other people's. Um, And that was kind of the biggest epiphany to being an empath was that my energy has to remain separated from another's like and it's more important that it's like spiritually maintained for me than anything else when you feel yourself or maybe really tuned in but initially when you're learning that like my energy is not my own right now what Mm -hmm. what does that look like like how what is a step to like bringing it back and getting back to self like was there any like tools that you used to help kind of harness that I guess I think I first had to find my like authentic voice. Like I first had to find out who Jill was to even know the difference between what was mine and what wasn't mine. And harnessing her took a lot of self-worth work. And I think that word is thrown around a lot right now. And it's, it can mean a lot of different things. And for me, a lot of the most potent work I did in getting to know Jill was holding her through all her pain. And when I say that, I mean like literally going 
oh my gosh, like I'm really stressed out today. What is going on? Like I'm really pissed at so-and-so. And then pulling back into myself, creating a quiet space in my room, tuning in, seeing like what point in me is being pricked, meaning like, what am I trying to protect? Where's my ego flaring off? Like what's going on? And then throughout this work and like understanding how we work as spirit beings, as energy and as physical humans, I realized that so many of our, our pain points are from childhood and we are still creating them in our existence now because we never healed them. So when I sit back and like sit in my own energy field and nurture the Jill who was in pain, then I find more clarity for who the Jill is now, like who I am now. Like I believe that I am perfect now, but yet all this small nitty gritty like gets in the way. Like it keeps me from seeing my light. It keeps me from being like radiant and all these things. And so I think the hardest part in the beginning was I, I still didn't know what was mine and what was theirs because I didn't know who the fuck I was. Like, I did not know who Jill was because for so long, not only was I an empath, I was a people pleaser. I was a good Christian girl. Like I was all these things that like were what was supposed to be perfect in the, you know, in the religion, in the whatever. And I didn't really know who I was. And so discovering her and discovering me and who I really am was the first step in being able to differentiate what's mine and what's my husband's, what's mine and what's my kids, what's mine and what's my, my girlfriends here that I'm having a conversation with. Because before it was such a jumbled mess. I couldn't tell the difference because I didn't know who I was. <laughs> Does that make sense? Totally. And I think that's what a lot of people feel that, right? Like, who am I? Because I, a lot of people say that the things that they are or the family that they create are them, are their identity. And so I think that's tough is realizing like, you know, and I, I'm guilty of it too with my job. Like for me, I'm like, I can easily get into the, my identity and who I am is producing challenges and being that trainer and helping people. And I kind of tie my, that therefore I tie my worth to that. Yes. So I called out your pedestals. So you can put Emily on her challenger wet pedestal as a, you know, your workouts are on a pedestal, being a daughter, you're on a pedestal, being a sister, you're on a pedestal, you have all these pedestals. And at any moment, those pedestals can like, it's almost like if you think of like, I almost think of, um, in like a video game when, when, when you think of, you get points and the pedestal would grow taller, like you, you would grow like, or if you're. I always think of it almost like bricks and you can either add bricks to your pedestals or those bricks can be taken out. So for some, like, let's say you have like a kick-ass challenge. You have the most participants you've ever had. You are rocking it as Emily, the challenge maker. But let's say next time something goes wrong, you didn't do it right. You get 10 participants, which is just so crazy. And so then you're beating yourself up and you take that pedestal and it is like just so low and it creates this like, this up and down, up and down, up and down. Am I good enough? Am I, you know, oh, I'm great. Oh, I'm bad. Oh, I'm this. Oh, I'm that. And it, it's, it's so, there's no consistency, but there's one pedestal that will never go away. There's one pedestal that cannot be changed, that cannot be touched. And that's the divine self. That's like the part that is your, the essence of, you know, if you are into spirituality, it's the essence of soul and spirit. It's God. Like if you are a, a person of, of faith, that is, the, that is God in you. That is whatever. And that cannot be touched. That pedestal is a place to always return to when, you're at a, when your other pedestals are crumbling. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that concept. It's something that we all do no matter how enlightened or whatever you think you are. It's, it's so true. It's so, so true. I struggle with it all the time because I, I'm so competitive, not with others, but with myself and mm. so easily get into that cycle of like, Oh, you know, it's the, like you said, inconsistency. I, I, I always want to go to bed feeling successful and feeling like I did yes. possible I could. And sometimes that just drives me into a very deep hole of just, 
I have nothing left to give. So I think that's super important. I definitely resonate with that, that success, that success part. Like what, where is it in our makeup that like success is so important? And like, if you take it backwards, it's like, it's a, it's a level of worthiness. It's like, am I worthy enough to have, like, am I good enough? Am I these things? And, and that's like at the biggest root of the work that I'm always doing on myself is feeling worthy no matter what. And no matter what is good, no matter what is bad, knowing that I am divine in nature, but that's not, it's not easy. It's so fucking hard to maintain that with, you know, the drive for success, the drive to be seen, heard, understood, like, oof. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And it's, it's, I think for a lot of people, you know, for me, I'm like, okay, I want to be successful. Um. I did some work with this therapist. She's amazing in Denver. Her name's Lily Lee. She's like a, I don't know, five foot tall shaman. And she mm-hmm. did this um, EFT thing. Uh, I love EFT. Yeah. It was my first experience with it. And she would be like, okay, the reason you're like this is because you're afraid of failure. And, it, and my body was like, yes. So, and I kind of knew that. Like, of course I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. That's why I want to be successful. Because I never want to. I never want to, yeah, I don't know. It's like, that's just intuitive. But then she said, you are like this or you are, you know, blah, 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 because you have fear of success. And that also was a yes. I'm like, okay, where do I go from here? Mm -hmm. And and then it all came back down to, I don't truly feel like I deserve it. hundred percent. And I talk about this a lot with my mom. And this is just super deep, but the, to deserve it, it's like, I always have to feel like I deserve it. I, no matter what it's, I deserve it because I'm helping people and it turns into the people that I'm helping Mm. versus myself. Or, um, I can, I want to be successful with my business so that I can hire somebody else and help them have an income and me be responsible for them. That's important to me. And you also have to think about like, I always think about this concept too. Like when will it ever be enough? Like, let's say you do get those success points. You're always going to be like, so then how can you be at peace with what is? That's always my thing of like, go ahead that you're about to say something else. Sorry. Totally. No, it's so true. I keep skipping and I always have to catch myself. You know, right now I'm at the point of acknowledging that I'm doing it. Just that's the only thing I really know how to do. So I kind of want to talk through what it looks like for you when you are working on yourself, like what's your ritual and just things that help. Because I feel, um, you know, I acknowledge I do it. I, I just want, I think all of us, we just never feel like we do deserve it. And again, just like you said, there is no, you know, a lot of my clients, I love it because they really do get the underlying message of, you have to want more, but you also have to be grateful for what is and mm-hmm. you have to constantly be going, you know, I want to progress. I don't want to get stagnant, but I also can't hate myself in order to push to not be stagnant. And that's tough because it's like most of us hate ourselves. Therefore we change. And mm-hmm. um, I, I really love the, the moments, even though they might be few when I change out of a place of constructive criticism or just a place of just intuitively knowing that I could be a little bit better, but it's true. Then it would be cycles of it's never enough for sure. Right. What are rituals that you do to like, when you talk about working on yourself? So when you said some of the stuff about like the success and like where even like you wanted to go, what I thought of was just, um, one of my, one of the, um, transformational teachers out there that I enjoy listening to sometimes is Kyle Cease. He was a comedian who um, kind of took his work from from comedy to transformational work, which then he obviously still includes comedy because that's his gift. But listening to him, I think it was just this earlier this week, but it made me think of and uh, what I seem to keep coming back to is there is a place inside of you. So like if you are so centered and who you are, always connecting to that divine, to the soul, there is 
a passion, a mission, a part of you that has purpose, right? And a lot of us are confused, like, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? And we want it to be right there. We want it to be, I'm going to be Emily Schramm, the like greatest athlete ever to live. It's just so obvious. That's what it is. I know that's it. Like that it's not, everybody doesn't get like some clear download on like what their life is supposed to be. Right. But what you can get, and this is my daily practice is literally a day by day guide to what it is that's going to light your soul on fire, that's going to create success in a way you could never imagine. And what he relays it to is a GPS. You know, God's, you got your end goal in mind, maybe. But the thing is, is with a goal, you could be either underestimating yourself or overestimating yourself. And, and you're not even like focusing like on your connection to God, the divine, whatever you want to call it. And then with that, you're like, let's say you do get a goal in mind and you just want the end result and you're not like, you're just pushing. Right. And so what he talks about is that GPS is like a step-by-step guide to success. And for him, GPS means tuning in to every day and finding the small steps that are going to take you on your journey and path of like best selfness, however you would say that. So for me, what that looks like is, first of all, I have to start, whether it's my day or my experience, whenever I'm like ready for that day or that project, I have to start by first going within. And for me, what that means is I have cultivated a relationship with my heart space with my yoni, which is like your sacral and root chakra, I've created like a space inside of me that I know the divine exists as opposed to praying outwardly for answers. Um, it's, you know, so many people call it intuition, the inner knowing, those, that space where I get sacred yes and sacred no. And from there, like I've cultivated this relationship over time And I know when it's giving me stuff that's garbage from my ego and fear. And I know when it's giving me stuff like, okay, so for example, like a fear and ego thing is like, I need to be on social media every day. I need to make sure I have a thousand million followers. I need to, what am I doing with my marketing? Okay, maybe I should watch another marketing video. And it's like, blah, 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 blah. And it's like so much just, I'm not good enough. Like, I just need more of this in order to like function in the world and to exist and to have a presence and whatever. And the flow looks like, like when I stop and tune into the intuition, it's like, take your ass to the ocean, dip in the ocean, listen when you're there. So then I'm floating in the ocean and it's like, you need to expand. You need to reach out to three yoga studios today. Okay. Okay. I can do that. And you know what? You go to the yoga studio and she's got a hundred thousand followers and she wants to feature you and boom, you're famous. Like, do you know what I mean? Like it can be so hard when we push and we're not looking for divine guidance, but if you just surrender, the universe could present you with exactly what you want if you were going to it for answers. But instead you're going to your logic, you're going to society and you're going everywhere else. And I'm not going to tell you that the universe isn't going to say, Hey, watch this webinar. Hey, like pick up this book. Because I do think the universe speaks to us through what exists. Like it's not just going to be original every time, but what it's going to do is create the best path for you to find your success. And, and so with that daily tuning into the GPS and getting the next turn, the next step on your path to greatness is more important than the end result of the path to greatness. Because when you focus on the baby steps and they're in alignment with your soul, they're not so painful. They're not so confusing. They're not so, they're so, so much a yes in your body that then when it is the hard days and you're like, why didn't the success show up? Again, if you're practicing self-care, you can go into that space and be like, what's coming up right now? Why do I not feel successful? What about, in, and does that make sense? Like cultivating the relationship with yourself creates the space for both success and failure. But without that relationship to self, you're just like constantly pushing for the next successful thing or the way that you want to be in the world instead of the way that you are meant to be in the world. 
This is so crazy because like I have a very literal example and I just now thought of it and I almost teared up when you were talking. Okay. (laughs) I know the stages in my life where I have been, most of me, most of my life and most of my business has probably been more on the push, push, logic, logic, right? Okay. I have always felt like I'm not doing enough. I want to do more. And Oh, this is crazy. I'm, I totally forgot that this happened, but I, there was something that happened. Um, I don't know when it happened, but I just really have this like intuitive, I like can breathe now with my businesses. Like I know that I'm, I have a lot going on, but I somehow feel very calm and I, I've made it this far. So I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And I think that's what I used to fear is like, if I don't grind and I don't, reach out to the people and I don't promote the way I want to, um, there's going to be an end to it. But what happened, it was for some reason, I wish I remember what switched, but there was this, when I was grinding and kind of like using my logic, I remember listening to a podcast boss club. If you ever listen to them and they were talking mm-hmm. about, um, their business, their creative entrepreneurs, it's two women. They're awesome. But they were talking about their business coach, how their business coach always makes them write it on a, uh, like a whiteboard, or they have to like talk about physically writing out their kind of like a vision board. Right. So okay. this is like, God, this is like March. And so I was like, okay, this is, I'm going to write it out. I want 5,000 people in my next challenge. And it didn't happen. And I remember kind of being disappointed of like, Oh, like, you know, I could be, I could take this inwardly and feel like a failure, but for the first time I didn't, I really didn't. And mm. I was like, okay. And this is, I don't know how I just thought of this, but I'm going to be in Barbella box, which is, um, a subscription, but subscription based box that goes out. Mm-hmm. CrossFitters and I'm featured, like I'm doing my tea company in it and I'm doing, um, some impact stuff. And it's like the, it's such a cool box. I can't wait to launch it. And guess how many subscribers it is? 5,000 more. It's, and and all of them are going to get a free entry to my challenge, but it's Mm -hmm. 5,000. And I totally just thought of that. I didn't even, I like let it go. And it's just like, it, you know, and who knows? It shows up in its own timing, right? Like, I think that's sometimes the hardest part. I think sometimes the hardest part for what you really want, like, because it's good. I think it's fantastic to dream and, like, have these aspirations and these things. Like, hell yeah, like, put out, like, what you want. Like, the universe doesn't know what to bring you if you're not speaking it. Like, if you're just like, oh, I just want to have really successful challenges. But if you're not saying, like, I want a successful challenge, that means to me 5,000 people. That's what that means to me. Then it doesn't know that that's what it, it, you want. Like, it's important, in my opinion, to speak and write and express in an energetic plane what it is you want. Now, the tricky part from how I see energy now is whether you have the space to receive it or be it or experience it. So what I'm learning is for me, I have like, for example, a lot of money stories and money blockages and all these um, beliefs I have about money that create a ebb and flow to whether I'm receiving or not. And I have a belief about um, wealth. I have a belief about my personal finances. And all of that is part of the energy story of what is happening in my actual money flow and in my existence of how it works. And so like with that, like when you are ready to ask the universe for something, I think it's equally as important to make room for it. And for me, that's energetic room. For me, that means like I need to make room for 5,000 people's energy if, I'm, if I were to be you, for example, for that um, idea. Like I need to make room for that to exist. And for you, it ended up being like, like the freaking tease and sending out this box. Like that was the best way for you to reach those people. That is such a cool thing, by the way, like amazing. But um, like if I were going to think about it, it's like, okay, like what, it's almost like cleaning house. Like, oh, I bought five new shirts. Do I have room in this drawer? Most of us would just shove more in the drawer. But for me, it's all about clearing out the clutter. And I mean that energetically. I mean that in your mind, in your spirit, in your whatever, to make space for what it is that you want. I want to go back to the financially 
finances. Yeah. I don't have to dig too much, but I do wonder if this is like also someone who grew up very religious where I, I struggle with it too. And I, I'm like, is it because I, do, I feel like I don't deserve this? Is it go back to that? Or does it feel like we've always seen wealth, like for me, quite literally, like my parents' income in the church that I lived in, a lot of it had to go back to the church. And yeah. so we never grew up in a place of that. It just didn't exist because of the environment we were in. It was almost like looked at as negative. Do you think it has to do with some religion stuff or is it something t- completely different? Um, for me, Mine wasn't religious, but a lot, I've taken a few programs on like spirituality and money. And so many of the women have like very specific religious scripture that, that was like posted on their wall about wealth and money and why it was more important that they were not, um, why like money was a humble, like you need to be humble. Right. Um, but for me, like I had, yes, the religious aspect, but, um, I grew up in a really wealthy home and everything was given to me. And I don't, I don't have a relationship with money because of that. I wasn't taught anything about it. And then I was thrown into marrying, um, not thrown into, I chose, (laughs) I love my husband. I was, I threw, I was thrown into the finances of being a newlywed on a normal wage person. Right. So I was used to having like everything and then went to nothing and then became so panicked over finances. And I think that what's interesting is from the spiritual perspective, your money stories are stored in your lower chakras, particularly your sacral. I think it drops into your root too. So it's also money and sexuality are very much tied and how you feel in bed and how you feel in your body is going to be how you feel about money. If that makes any sense sometimes, like not always directly correlated. I didn't know that. Yeah. So your money stories are stored like if they had a place in you, they would be like in your lower half of your body. And, and it's really interesting. Like I've done a lot of exercises. Um, there's a great gal who is a money wizard. She's so, well, there's two women I would recommend if somebody wants to learn about spirituality money. One is Jillian Anderson and the other is this woman called the rich witch. And her name is Laura. What is her last name? She goes by LRD. So these two women really tap into not only the realistic side, but the spiritual side of money. And, and again, it comes down to literally almost like your auric field and what interaction you're creating with money. Are you repelling it by believing that, um, wealth is condemned, you know, because of your religious upbringing? Are you repelling it because you feel like you're not good enough? Are you repelling it because you stole when you were a kid and you like, you feel so bad for that still. And you literally have like a block in your energy system. So this is like getting extreme on the energy side, but you know, I think there's a lot of even wealthy people who push past that, but are still so unhappy in their wealth. And I think what money comes back to is deciding what wealth means to you. So what I love about, about LRD is she talks about love is money and the love you're giving out and the love you're receiving is money. And then it becomes literal and physical when you are acting out of love because love is the greatest source of all, um, Aww. I don't know, greatness and, and maybe I calmed the fuck down because I met Bradford. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd love that. That's awesome. Oh, um, yeah. I, when did you get into more of the psychic realm? Ooh, um, I would say over the last, so over the last few years, I've done energy work like on my best friends, like the people I felt safe with that I could say that I believed in this stuff, that I saw energy workers. There were so few people I felt safe talking to about that. And at some point, me and my best friend, Jeanette, started practicing on each other. And I would like dive into her body and like see things in her energy field and tell her about them. And we would clear shit. And I would just be like, she would be like, whoa, you are so spot on. And, and I would feel the same way, like, cause her and I are both like in love with this kind of work. And so it started with baby steps, like over the last, 
probably like four or five years. And then um, in the last year or so, uh, once I started to really identify how deep the empath in me was, like how developed she was, meaning like how well I could feel, I can oftentimes feel what another person is feeling before they can feel it, like especially those that are numb. Um, and then some just interesting things as I brought my level of awareness, like as I started connecting to the true Jill inside of me, I just started being able to know again, like what was me and what was not me. And I just started to feel like I was seeing more, more things. And for me, a lot of, I think every psychic has different gifts. And a lot of what I see is feelings or like I can experience and then also body stuff. So for example, like people's bodies sometimes like just talk to me, like, like, uh, my dad, one time I was staying at his house probably like a year and a half ago and he was sitting in this chair and I felt so stupid, but it was like, his feet were like, rub me, rub me. I'm like so much pain, please, please. And I'm like, okay, Jill, like you, I just thought I was crazy inside. Like, you know, and then I was, I just went over to him cause he's my dad and he likes when I like massage his back and his, and so I grabbed his feet and I was like, here dad, relax, let me rub your feet. And he's like, oh, that feels so good. Like da, 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 da. And I started to play with that. Like I started to see if it was, I'm crazy and making that up or is it really like an energy speaking to me? Like, am I in the realm of seeing that, experiencing that, and it's real. And so I just started practicing on like more friends and, um, again, like just spent so much dedicated time healing myself that the gifts and tools that I learned to use, like, I'm not a psychic. That's like, I've got your answers. You are going to be, you know, on your right path after you're done talking to me. I'm more of a psychic. That's like, I can help you see you and I want to take you back inside you. Um, and that's why I like to do, I call it like psychic healing work because your greatest healer is you. Like there's nothing I can do for you that you can't do for yourself, but not all of us are there and not all of us have the time, the energy or the like energetic vision to see what's going on. And so with my gifts, like my, favorite way to work psychically is to tune into the energy field of the person be taken either on a journey either I have two ways of doing it if you don't have any specific questions most psychic sessions people come with questions if you don't have specific questions I dive in and usually your body speaks to me so it will bring up a childhood trauma an injury a stale energy or whatever and we work through that and then it organically travels around and we work that way. And then the other way is more of a traditional psychic sense. Like, what am I supposed to do right now? Like, what is my, where am I supposed to go with my job? Should I quit this job? Who's my, you know, is this romantic partner right for me? Like we can go in those traditional ways. And, um, that also, like, I also get a lot of information doing it that way. I just, yeah, I prefer the getting the client involved so that they can become an active participant in their own healing. I love it. Well, you know, we talked about this before we hit record, so there might be a chance that we don't even put this on the podcast. Um, but I do, I would love, um, you reached out earlier and wanted to do some of the psychic stuff with me. And I, yeah, I'm so down. And I think it's probably best. Do you think without video? I think we're okay. I feel like I'm like not even like looking at the video that much to keep in my own like thought process. So I think we're fine if we leave it on. Um, so I'm going to, I think I kind of just explained to you how it worked. Um, I'm going to add that at the beginning of a session, um, I always pull cards from, so there's a lot of different like spiritual stuff out there. And I am not like a tarot card reader. Um, I do enjoy tarot, but I don't practice, like I don't have my own practice in it, but I do love Oracle cards. And I think that they are, they're kind of a special way to just be like, Hey universe, I need some help today. What, what do you have for me? And so my favorite deck um, that I use in all my sessions right now is this Goddess Guidance deck. 
this Goddess Guidance Oracle deck. And I hope you don't mind. I took the initiative to pull cards for you before our session. Like I kind of tapped in and was like, okay, like what does Emily need and what do I need? Um, and so I think we're going to open by sharing your cards. Is that cool? Perfect. I love it. Okay. Okay. So the first one I pulled for you is Aine. And she says at the top, it says leap of faith. And it says take a risk and put your heart's true desire into action. And I think this is related to to some of the work that you're really craving to do. I think um, even just from like the small snippets of what you said a few minutes ago with like, I, I made this like goal that I wanted these like 5,000 things, uh, 5,000 people to be a part of the next challenge. And then I forgot that I'd done that. And then all of a sudden, like I'm sending out this tea box and that's 5,000. And I think with this, what it's relating to is there's like a part of you inside that is craving something bigger that's a little bit off the beaten path of what you're doing right now and your heart is like so in it but the rest of you is like I can't like that's just not like how is that going to make me money how is that going to work out and if it's not like in your consciousness knowing what that is like off the top of your head like it's it's kind of that reminder to get back into your heart space and always be working from there um make people cry and then <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. That's uh, the soul coming through. Um, ooh, how do you pronounce this name? I've never pulled this card. I don't know if I have. Let me see what she is. Their names are always so beautiful. So these are real goddesses throughout the history of the world. Um, whether they were real or fictitious, they're like well-known names. Um, this one is, oh, it doesn't even show how to pronounce her name. Una. So her name's Una. And hers says, easy does it. There's no need to hurry or force things to happen. Everything is occurring in perfect timing. Oh, gosh. That's exactly what we just said. Holy crap. Um, so I didn't even look at these before we talked. So that is so awesome. <laughs> so that one is that same message of like, I think sometimes we're trying to be the divine to the right path. Like we're trying to be what it is that we want to be instead of letting it unfold the way it's supposed to be. And we're missing out on the relationships we're supposed to create, the connection we're supposed to create, the, the hearts, the heartfelt action we're supposed to take. And so that's that reminder of like, easy does it like pull back. Like there is no hurry. There is no success. That's going to be better than the success right now. Like, are you fucking kidding? Like you have, you know, 250,000 followers, you have your own fucking program and apps and you have tea boxes going out. Like, can you really just stop and receive that for a second? Like, can you, can you pull back and let that seep into every cell of your being that like, that just proves how worthy and amazing you are right now. Like there is nothing else that you need to be doing. And when it's time, you will know like the next step is coming and it's going to come from your cells instead of your brain. And it needs to come from your heart instead of your, you know, force. Jill, this is so amazing. I'm, we're going to, you know, I'm so glad we're back online. We did some editing, <laughs> but okay. Okay. I mean, we, we just, I've, we connected so in so many different ways and for them to follow you, for them to experience you, I would love for you to kind of tell about, you know, how they can find you. Yeah. So the most potent place that I talk about um, spirituality and more particularly self-worth and healing mental illness is on social media. Um, my Instagram is at the gather Kauai. So that's T H E G A T H E R E R. And then Kauai K A U A I. Kauai is a very hard to spell word. Um, so at the gather Kauai. And then um, you can always send me an email at, you know, thegathercoi at gmail.com if you have like a personal question. And then my website, jill-pollard.com. And Pollard is spelled P-O-L-L-A-R-D. 
And on there, you can find my one-on-one work. I host uh, workshops. I'm hoping to move my workshops online, but I definitely do them in person. And you can like book a session if you're interested to do a psychic healing session. That can be found on my website. And um, if you want any personal adventures with me and my family, there's jill.pollard on Instagram. <laughs> That's also a fun place to just kind of see the the more normal life of a psychic. <laughs> you beautiful kids. You beautiful yeah. kids. My little blondies. <laughs> this is so, so wonderful. Uh, thank you. I know that we've been talking about doing this, and I think the way it worked out was just like perfect. <laughs> I think so too. We let go of control or I let go of control of it and then it just happened and it was just so perfect. So thank you so much. You're welcome. So really quickly, I had asked some of my challengers, the people who have done my 21 day challenges and just who have done my strength programs. I would, I really wanted to know their feedback and some of them left me recordings of testimonials, and I just have been blown away. So I wanted to share some of them. I'm going to add some of these into the podcast, but I'm not just another trainer trying to push these challenges. They really are life-changing. So I wanted to share one of them with you. And I hope if you haven't done the 21-day program, if nothing else, you sign up for the eight-day program because you're really going to love it. And it's free. Okay. Hi, my name is Shay, and I did the 21 days with uh, am quite a few times. And I just love the challenge because I think the 21 days is very obtainable for anybody to try it. I think it gives a lot of information, a lot of information in the 21 days. And I just think it really helps you get to know your body better and what it's capable of. So I really just try to, anybody who's looking for a new program, I definitely refer them to the 21 day challenges that M offers because I personally love them. And I know that they got me started on my fitness journey and make me feel like I can do anything. And I've lost over 30 pounds from doing them. So I really do love them. And I just think that because she does them every couple months, it really helps you get re-motivated if for whatever reason you just, you fall off the wagon, which I know happens to a lot of people because we're human, but I do love the programs. I think it's so much information. I love how everyone is a little bit different. So I just learn a little bit more and I can just tell how passionate she is in the videos and how much she cares. And I love the daily emails because that's what keeps me accountable. It reminds me first thing when I wake up in the morning, like this is what we're doing today. So I just want to say thank you for the challenges and I love them. Remember for all things MFIT, whether that's the challenges, strength programs, meal plans, some nutritional therapy guidance, just reach out, support at emilystrom.com or head to my website, emilystrom.com. I also have a website for my backpack, turn weight training bag, www.evolvedmotion.com, E-V-O-L-V-E-D, evolvedmotion.com. And soon there's some teas coming and I can't wait to share. I'll see you guys next week.